members of the DAO and project builders in the ecosystem. I'm your host, CDT of the Lost Nouns team, and on today's episode, we're talking with two noun owners, Mike Lazaro and John Itzler. We cover a ton of topics, including world building in Web3 and what that actually means, incentive mechanisms for builders in this space, traditional IP rights for CC0, and even Logan Paul. It's a great episode, and I hope you enjoy. If you want to hear more, you can find all Now to Talk episodes on any and all podcast platforms. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Today, we're joined by uh, Mike Lazaro and John Itzler, uh, two um, noun owners. So um, really excited to get into what they have going on personally and kind of get their takes on on nouns. Um, so, hey, guys. Nice to what's uh, going on. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah. Totally. So um, let's just jump in. Um, I'm wondering if you, uh, Laz, we'll start with you. If you could just give us a little bit of background and context to bring the audience up to speed. Um, you, you've done a lot. So uh, can you give us a little background on yourself? Yeah, really quick. Um, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I have built businesses my whole life. First one started at Northwestern University. And did that forever. I'm kind of the old guy in the industry as I approach my 50th birthday, which uh, seems a little odd to me because I feel very young. Um, But built a bunch of businesses starting in 1994. And then after selling the last one to Salesforce, um, you know, just thought about what I want to do. And it's just hard to build businesses and um, decided maybe I don't want to do that again. So I've been investing full time ever since and um, last really two years buying NFTs. And, um, you know, I came to the space just because I love culture. I love collecting. I love art. I like finance and I love community having built businesses in web 2.0. And, uh, you know, this world just captured me from the beginning. And I assume anyone here, feels the same. If not, I don't know why you're here. Uh, and John, can you give us a little context on you? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, my, I mean, Michael has been building businesses since before I was born, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, quick background on me. Uh, first discovered uh, crypto as like a senior in high school back in, in 2017, um, I was like, I had a bunch of side hustles. I was selling sneakers on eBay and I had my PayPal account banned multiple times for being under 18. So like the idea of unstoppable internet money, like it, it kind of clicked immediately. Um, and then during freshman year undergrad, met a couple of kids that were building a decentralized exchange on top of zero X, um, was working on that for a couple of years. Um, and that project as a whole, uh, was, was a bit too early, but sort of like put me down the Ethereum rabbit hole and like early DeFi ecosystem, um, got into protocol design, was spinning up a bunch of on-chain queries and dashboards for, for data. Um, and then I've always loved the investing side as well and was working, um, at Variant Fund for the last year, um, that's kind of where I really fell in love with NFTs and began to like 
see the thesis for them as as crypto's most like interesting frontier. Um, and then, yeah, recently left full time. I'm still um, working with them part time as a venture partner. Um, but I guess, yeah, I would describe myself as like a, a sort of crypto native journeyman for now and um, like to explore different projects and communities, meet new founders, um, do some angel investing and then a bunch of a bunch of collecting of NFTs as well. Yeah, I find it find it really interesting because i mean both of you guys have such a you know like a diverse background right uh yet here we here we all are and and my background personally extremely different from both of you guys but i really love this space and i think it's such a you know it 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 feels like the great equalizer you know in some ways um i don't know if that's just uh, you know, what that's attributed to, but um, it just kind of feels like everyone has a home here, which is really great. Yeah, um, I did. And, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that, um, you know, I've always thought is that age is just a chronological fact. And so I am who I am. I started my first business when I was 19. I didn't feel at the time that I was at any disadvantage for being young. So, I would encourage everyone, um, regardless of age, young, old, you know, have a beginner's mind, dive in. I was just, I was floored to learn that Abraham Litwin Logan was 21. I was, you know, very smart guy. I was like, oh man, you know, so anyone can compete in this world and join the community, unlike the world of art or Wall Street or some of the closed off worlds that I try to stay away from. Yeah, I think it's so it's interesting because I, I think this is the first um, episode where everyone's, you know, uh, doxxed or, or, you know, who we are. Right. So like I, you know, it's pretty easy to find out who, who I am and, and both of you go by your names. But and, and Laz, I know this is something you've talked about as, as well in other podcasts about like, you know, anonymity versus not. Um and I know none of us are anonymous, but there is something interesting, you know, going from a web to kind of like anonymity when it comes to work and to builders. I know this as a, as a dev myself coming in, no one asks for a resume. No one cares your, your age or how long you've worked or where you've worked or who, you know, it's, it's like your seat at the table is like your willingness to work and, you know, your reputation and your output is kind of your identity in this space. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's something I, lo I love about it. Yeah, reputation is your identity everywhere. So, you know, what you do is one thing, how you treat people during good times and bad, that's what people remember. And I think what you're referring to, what I was talking about um, was, you know, I have a respect for the anonymous player in the space, just like free speech, like love free speech, love your right to anonymity. If I am going to give you money and work with you, I would like to know who you are. So, you know, free speech and the political speech is covered, is protected much more than commercial speech for a good reason. And, uh, you know, so I don't, criticize anyone for wanting to do it. I'd prefer my partners 
to be known to at least me. And if they're known to the community, I think that they act in a way that um, protects the long-term interests of the community. You know, they're not going to screw the community if everyone knows who they are. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's like one of the coolest aspects of crypto that you can have um, anonymous personalities that like build reputation over a long period of time and become like just as trusted as docs identities within the space. Like I also think with NFTs, it's just going to continue to get even more interesting where you almost have like this ongoing um fictional universe where like the fictional characters are played by real people um and and i think like we're kind of starting to see hints of that even um with like nfts that are made for people's like specific brands um and i think we're just kind of at the very like beginning of of like what that universe can look like and i mean it's it's interesting how how the flips of that can can kind of help correct, you know, maybe bad actors in the sense that like, you know, when reputation is everything, you know, your your reputation is everything, uh, and so you know, when you work with people, and you know, people don't come through, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I think that 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 holds accountability even if you don't know who you know, they are necessarily. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but uh, s- something something that I found really cool, I, I wanted to touch on, um, I just pinned it up, but when when Yuga Labs dropped their their, their teaser for, for Other Side, uh, we saw the six characters, right, from the, um, from the promo, right? We had like the me bits, the world of women, the apes, and the cats, nouns, and punks. And um, I saw this tweet that, uh, Michael, you put up uh, talking about that there were only two people that had wallets with all six of those NFTs in them. And it was you and, you know, dingling. Uh, And I just found that really, really interesting Uh, uh, and kind of significant, right? I think that says something that there's so few um, and that you're one of them. Uh, I'm wondering how you approach collecting. And, you know, how you keep up with everything. You seem to be everywhere. Yes. So, you know, I was, I didn't put out that tweet. I read it and was kind of blown away. Even when you take out the noun, right? Because there are only like maximum, like X number of people who could be in it because there are only like 200 nouns or whatever the number is. Um, It was only eight people. Um, And so it was kind of pretty cool. And, you know, I have a... I've always had kind of an uncanny ability to separate filter or to filter signal from noise. And I went to journalism school um, and, you know, we're in this world of, you know, unlimited content information overload. And I think most people, including myself early on, you know, the real issue was filter failure. It wasn't information overload. And so, for me specifically, I think I'm just in a really good position that a lot of my friends who built businesses in the Web 2.0 world and frankly, you know, feel pretty guilty on the outcome of what happened with central centralizing everything on into like five companies. 
um, are really active in building here. And so when I find out about projects from people I respect, builders I respect, entrepreneurs I respect, investors, um, other collectors, I typically, when I get that gut feeling, I just buy it. And I don't overthink it. And, you know, by far my biggest mistake, my biggest mistakes haven't been on the buy side, they've been on the sell side. So I've sold seven CryptoPunks. I sold four of my apes. I've sold like a lot of stuff. But it's put me in a position to when I learn of new projects like Nouns, which um, I learned from Nick at One Confirmation, who, you know, has been in many ways my crypto rabbi and you know i invested in his first fund which was the 25 million dollar epic fund i just thought it was an incredible project and i didn't think i would ever have like an entry point in the first hundred for less than at the time 100 each and so one morning um, it was the same week that 4156 was doing the podcast every day i was just brushing my teeth and i was like four minutes left and it was at less than a hundred ETH. And so, you know, I, I bid, no one bid above me. And I was like super psyched. Um, not that I was looking for the doom zebra, which I have, which is number, um, you know, 56. Um, and, you know, I've probably been a little negligent in how I've worked with the community just based on how busy I am. But I was immediately with all these projects, I'm attracted to something. And CryptoPunks was the first and Bored Ape was just the community and World of Women was just this powerful, you know, image of powerful women who I love. I, you know, Cass, we've been married for 20 some years and has been my business partner and my partner at the, um, you know, Velvetsy Ventures. And so, you know, same thing with Nouns. It was like, you know, not a lot of groups in the world are doing good on a mass public scale. And I thought it was super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, John, John, I want to hear your, your story of how you, you, you came to announce because also what I find really interesting. So, so, so Laz, you, you said your friend Nick from one confirmation, noun pilled you and crypto pilled you uh i'm always curious kind of what's going on around the week before you bought because everyone you know at this point knows about nouns right if you're even remotely interested uh most people don't just see it and buy you know within the first day they find out about the project so that so, so they're hovering around right and then something makes them finally you know either buy on secondary or pull the trigger on an auction so can you kind of paint a picture of like, you know, how you found out about nouns and then when you bought, you know, why then? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I had been following this project called uh, Blitmap by Dom Hoffman for, for a while. That's, that's kind of the first project that got me really deep into NFTs. Like what made me sort of understand what's special about like being part of one of these early communities. Um, and, and so like Dom was involved with nouns and I was following that as well. Um, from the beginning, joined Shark Dow early on, um, and, and sort of always wanted a noun from the launch, but they were like very expensive. 
um, to start for the first, I guess, like month or two. Um, and so it was kind of passively monitoring um, as as they continued. And um, eventually they started getting to around around like 40, 50 ETH during quote unquote nouns winter when like all the auctions were ending um, in the middle of the night for, for Eastern time zone. Um, and yeah, I like I ran the numbers on the the book value of, of ETH per noun based on like what was in the treasury um, and saw that like the, the ETH in the treasury was like a hundred per noun and they were going for around 40. Um, and it was really interesting to me, just like this was the only NFT I could think of that was backed by, by ETH collateral and like realized that you could have a, uh, a lending market where it's, it's like native to the treasury itself and it, it's giving ETH, um, to like now in collateral based on, on book value and just thought like that was a really cool idea. And, and so, yeah, it set my alarm, um, for one night to like wake up at five or six in the morning. And, um, there was one other bidder, uh, that I was competing against, but grabbed one like during, during that time. Nice. And you said you were, uh, involved in the in the Blitmap ecosystem, um, which I'm assuming if you're into Blitmap, you're into loot, you're into all things Dom. Uh, I'm curious for for both of you because Laz, you also mentioned you know not as involved as you'd like, but how do we think about you know community involvement in this space when new projects you know do- a dozen new projects crop up? every week and you and you guys are both collectors in in your own right so you know i mean how how should we think about community involvement and how much or you know is owning enough or how how does one stay involved john do you want to take that first yeah yeah for sure um i think it's a good question it's hard to in general like even try to keep up with uh, what's going on in the crypto space. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess like one way to think about it, um, there's this article by, by Jacob Horn um, that he actually like dropped as an NFT on Zora called speculating as a superpower. And it's sort of this idea that like there's, an unlimited amount of things like you can possibly speculate on or collect or invest in. Um, and, and that's like, especially true within crypto. Like there, there's sort of like a lot of different paths you can take. Um, and the, the article is like effectively saying like, you should sort of invest in the future that you want to come true, like almost speculate things into existence um and so yeah for me personally like everything around like the cc0 vision this sort of like universe building um building like brand protocols that are open that sort of anyone can extend and build on top of and have this natural compounding effect like i think projects like nouns and loot and blitmap all kind of fall into that bucket for me and like future projects that that 
um, fall in that bucket, I'll probably continue to, to get interested in and collect. Um, and I think sort of like for any subcategory within NFTs, like I got very into music NFTs at one point um, and still am and, and did like a lot of collecting. And it was sort of like there weren't too many people interested and, and um, there was no like tried and tested path. It, it was kind of like speculating a future into existence that I was hoping to see, which is like artists being able to to release songs and like have an entire career solely through through uh um crypto and so i i think it's really yeah it just comes down to like following your personal interests um and figuring out how to um sort of like collect or invest in um things that like push the world closer towards your like ideal future um at least as like one way to approach it. Yeah, you know, my side, it's, um, you know, what I love about this space. And frankly, it's what I love about all sorts of, um, you know, open projects. So, you know, I made a lot of money in enterprise software, but I also love open source software. Um, this is a world in which the community doesn't kick you out because you haven't been active this week, this month, or even this year, right? We all have superpowers. The superpowers that we have can be used for good at the right time. And I'm confident that if I ever can accelerate nouns and um, you know, there's anything that I potentially am good at that could be useful, I'll know and I'll jump in. Um, I also, we also all have priorities. And so, you know, I led the series A for autograph for super rare for pixel vault. Um, I feel like I'm responsible to them when they call and need me, I want to deliver. They're my customers, so to speak, but I'm also a member of those communities and I want to help the communities grow. And so like many of us, our eyes are much bigger than our stomach, our ability, desire to help is much more than our bandwidth. But if we all do what we can, when we can, I think we push this whole space forward. Yeah. And I think, and I think uh, more people narrowing deeper into their own community and saying no to others, you know, no, in a, in a light sense, I mean, probably all better off, you know, as, as the right people are, you know, developing said communities in like a richer way. Right. Um, I mean, I know, I know that's been true for me when I joined, I was probably involved in eight different projects and now, I mean, it's really like just announced. Um, and I think the project's better for it. I'm happier for it. And the other projects I'm not involved in will find their own people. Right you can't do everything um, for everyone. Yeah. And I think that every community is going to have their people who um, are very active and who aren't active. And I don't, the beauty of nouns and the whole project is the inclusivity, the desire to do great on a massive level and everyone can join and help out. 
And when I say join, kind of make a proposal, you know, get involved somehow. I'm not saying buy a noun every day, but that buying the noun provides the funds that will change the world. I would hate to see the project turn into a commercial project. You know, I'm a big believer in philanthropy and public works and public goods. And there's just more and more stuff that will never be funded by government, nonprofits or individuals. And so what are the things that we can do that really benefit the most number of people um, in whatever way the community wants, whether it's through delivering um, just awesomeness or actually feeding kids or doing stuff that really has more tangible value? Yeah. Um, yeah. Something, something I always ask, I'll ask both of you. Um, it doesn't have to be like incredibly specific, but just if you have like a fairly ambitious goal or vision for now and something you'd love to see, see happen, something that would be a success for nouns. Uh, I'm just curious if something comes to mind when I say that. What I've always, my hope for nouns is that there's something that we can solve that no one else is solving and is really important. So for, and it doesn't have to be overnight. For 12 years, I've been a part of Cycle for Survival since the first one way back when. And fast forward, we've raised you know, over 300 million, 100% goes to you know, fund cancer research. And we've eliminated the deaths from many cancers. People who didn't have therapies or treatments are now living because of research. And so it takes a long time, but if you look at, you know, kind of the hunger, you know, issue and food insecurity, if you look at the environment, if you look at big hairy issues, are there pieces of that we can solve? Can we feed a million kids every day? Now, I'm not saying that's the mission specifically, but that's what will galvanize people like, oh, wow, like this group of people solve problems that really are affecting a lot of people and we're all better for it. Like for me, that's the, that's what noun stands for. The day we distribute the treasury and just give people money is like, you know, I'll be sad inside. Not, and I don't want you guys to see me sad. Yeah. I think it's a really good question. Um, and sort of like one of the most interesting things about nouns as a project is that there is no single defined end goal, um, which, which makes it pretty unique. Um, I, I think the way I would describe it is like to become a power law winning brand protocol um, where the, the nouns IP is um, proliferated and there's almost this like vested incentive to incorporate the IP and build cool things on top of it um, and monetize it within like any other um, crypto NFT project that's, that's kind of building their own universe um, of IP um, where like the incentives are sort of always positive sum to incorporate um, the nouns glasses or to um, build in a portion um, 
or I guess like within like a, a different project to um, build some like nouns related functionality and, and leverage the nouns treasury to fund that, um, whether that be more on the like protocol, pure financial side or um, or on like the IP universe side, um, which is like a little bit vague of, of a goal. Um, but but that's kind of kind of like what I'm imagining as as one way to describe like an ambitious goal for nouns. Yeah, and and speaking uh, of IP universe, um, I'm wondering what the term world building means to you, right? Because we hear that a lot and we see a bunch of projects that promise that from the get-go and that's everyone's goal quote-unquote in this space um so so laz what does world building mean to you um yeah no thought that was coming to me so you know to me world building is um I mean, if I step back, it's basically the world runs on stories, right? So stories is what we pass down to generations. It's what brings us together. It's what we talk about. Um, it's what binds us as cultures, um, both, you know, in culture and religion and politics and everything. And so they're not new. The business of creating stories is pretty awful. And it's decision by committee. It's only stuff that can make money gets greenlit. And the idea of being a fan is being, um, you know, mined by these big companies who are producing stories at mass. And so I've always thought starting with way before even our super rare investment for their first institutional round, which is kind of my first big deal in the space that, creators would be the ones who would benefit from this world. And so no longer are they beholden to these five companies that run the world. They actually could create with communities, fund their ideas with communities and align economic interests in a way that makes sense. And so um, I started off, you know, in my pixel vault journey, which, you know, I'm the lead investor of their series a and the, formation of the company as a collector you know so i started to get heat of like how do you guys like put vcs into this thing i minted comic 105 to 114 it wasn't like an investment at first i didn't join the community thinking that i'm gonna like take velvet sea ventures and shove 50 million dollars into like g-funk's pocket i just thought it was cool i thought it was like wow like a comic book, which I happen to like because I'm old, um, you know, sold directly to the fan by epic comic artists and storytelling, which I thought would be good and turned out to be good. We didn't really know at the beginning of Punk's comic because we didn't know, you know, you just couldn't read the comic book. Um, and so not only is it a better, not a better, not only is it a way to tell stories, it's a better financial system for creators where you can fund stuff up front. You can deliver 
awesomeness and if you value your fans aka collectors you know primarily by stacking value not just financial value but enjoyment community fun right life's supposed to be fun um you could build an audience and so that's how i got into the space and just because what i do now is invest um, i'm always looking for creators who want to um you know, build the future. And so it was a no brainer to get involved with, uh, with G-Funk. Um, and, you know, the great news about that community is I do very little. I mean, the guy's a tour de force. So this stuff that he has done and frankly is doing, I just had the board meeting on Friday in LA, like it's amazing the amount of production that that, that small team. Um, and I think that they're just going to, continue to wow their collectors. And the only thing that matters to them is wowing collectors and offering price points that will expand the customer base going forward. They don't want to price out the world because they're really building for when 100 million people are collecting NFTs, not just the 450,000 people on OpenSea last month. Yeah. Um, and how do you think um how do you think about ip ownership right i i i feel like you can come at this from several different ways right and you know we have nouns on one end with you know cc0 um and a lot of other projects aren't so how should builders and 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 founders kind of think about this, right? CC zero or not, when building out their own metaverse, their world, right? When we're world building. Yeah. So the default, you know, I spent a lot of time in the software business, as I said earlier. So the default for enterprise software for many years was just build it, charge a license, and you basically try to sell as many licenses as you can. That's what we did at Buddy Media. The default right now is you kind of build open source, build with the community, and you know you're looking for ways to offer developer tools and you know build developer communities. Having said that, there's not one solution for everyone. So if Mark Benioff were to start a new software company, it's probably not open source. Now he's not going to start another company. He has 210 reasons, 210 billion reasons to stay at Salesforce, but. The point is that, like, you know, I grew up in D.C. I have shied kind of away from, like, being politically active. And the main reason is that if you look at politics and religion, it's basically grouping people and defining them by what they believe in. And so if I tell you I'm a Jewish Democrat, everyone who's listening kind of has their own stereotypes of what that means. Could be positive more and more in this world. It's negative. But you know, the truth is not that. And so I love CC0. I love Creative Commons. I love trademarks and copyrights. I like it all. And the only thing I'm looking at is what's right for this project. Is Gary V ever going to really offer everything that is Gary V to a public domain without any strings attached? I hope not. I think that would be one of the big mistakes in the history of business. 
I would not have been involved with Mount if it had very tight, you know, control of the IP. One of the reasons why I sold some of my punks was because of this. I just didn't see not only how they were going to defend the copyright, but also there was no team building. The best way to work this stuff out is to have the community vote with their time, their attention, and their wallet. And so if you do a good job and you deliver what you say you're going to deliver and the community loves it, you don't have to offer everything that may be a community that is just based on a certain copyright. So I respect it all. I don't judge. And I would encourage everyone in crypto to try to stay away from these religions. Um, you know, we have a, it's very easy for those of us in tech, not just crypto. This goes way back, um, you know, to Web 1.0 where I was building businesses. Like, you know, now it's like, oh, he's an ETH maximalist, Bitcoin maximalist. Like, it's Solana or CU. It's like, if it's not built here, I'm not touching it. These are all just tools. Use them to build your business however you want to build the business. Your community and customers will vote in the end. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really well put. Uh, I think that's a that's a balanced take. And I mean, so far, you know, this early into everything, I think it's I think it'd be difficult to prescribe, you know, uh, one way of doing things um, as the ecosystem is growing so abundantly every single week. Um, John, uh, I'm. I'm, I'm curious your take on all this because, you know, like you said, you're very deep into the Dom verse, which is everything uh, CC0, right? Um, as far as my understanding goes, um, you know, how do you see world building in, with CC0 and, and, and kind of a builder's outlook onto all of this? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a great question. Um, I think sort of like the current forms of media that we have um, and consume like regularly are like they're very they're very centralized in like how they're produced. Like people make like a Netflix series, um, and I just sort of consume it passively. Um, and that's how like sort of non-fictional media was originally, um, produced and consumed as well. It was like New York times would come out with an article about a certain event, um, and people would read it. And with social media, that model's kind of like flipped. It's like the, the, uh, the way you get your news is by like people you follows very unique takes all at like the same time around a certain event. And so I think like there's a potential for fiction to kind of emerge from this like bottoms up crowd created um, way as well, um, where, where it's like there can be kind of like a top down creator with like a vision that's establishing the original canon and like lore with regards to the universe, but like 
as it as it sort of matures, like a lot of the content that's created is actually like coming um, from the community directly. Um, and I think NFTs sort of solve a lot of like the monetization issues that existed um, sort of like with the old world of, of fictional media and copyright where you would have um, like entities like Harry Potter blocking the monetization of like fan fiction even though it's a massive community, now it's like there's sort of this set of original Harry Potter NFTs where every additional piece of content that's created around that, um, that IP is actually beneficial to the value of the NFT. Um, and so there's questions about like whether, how, how do you like establish what's canon or not? You know, how do you block stuff that um, the community doesn't want attached to the IP? Um, what's the best way to start sort of uh, an organization that's trying to um, create like an IP universe like this, whether it's um, from more of like a centralized top-down model and you progressively decentralize it, or it's something that looks more like nouns where it is pretty bottom-up from, from the jump and you have like this very credibly neutral um, foundation of the IP. Um, I think all of those are, are really interesting questions, but... Yeah, and in terms of like CC0 versus copyright as a whole, um, I, I agree uh, with Michael that that like it definitely depends on the specific project and there's kind of a place for both. I think that over the long run, like it's going to become increasingly common to see um, NFT projects open up the IP. Um, and if, if not, CC0, like from the beginning of the project, so like I think it will be commonplace to, to open it up over time. Um, kind of like reminiscent to early DeFi protocols, starting with like a lot of control, a lot of um, admin keys, centralized components. Um, and like over the long run, realizing like the way to get the maximum number of, of integrations is to be like as robust as possible. Um, and as, as like open, um, as possible, I think, uh, like a lot of these NFT projects are going to realize like every additional incorporation of like the IP is like positive sum and value additive and sort of like the incentives ultimately trend towards, uh, CC zero for, for like everything. So yeah when 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 most people hear cc0 um i think everyone you know first goes uh to think of the assets right um you know the art you know when we think art and ip we think um you know the actual images um but it's interesting uh i i thought it was you know novel to to bring this up but i I just put up a tweet of Logan Paul put up, put out a project, right? Uh, or is putting out a project, and, and it there's there's an auction mechanic to it. Like it seems like he may have you know forked nouns, uh, one way or the other. I mean, I guess we'll see. Uh, how how do you think about it? You know, kind of in 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 regard to the distribution mechanism. 
do you, do you mean like the idea of uh of sort of like forking versus like building on yeah top? yeah so there's so my understanding right i uh he, i mean he put this out less than a day ago right and he's going to be, you know, auctioning off, you know, 99 Polaroids. And I think he he keeps some and then the other goes to a treasury. And then, you know, the holders vote on what to do. And it kind of sounds like another project I know. Uh, right. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think it's I think it's interesting. I guess the the way I think about it is like, is in terms of like extending versus forking. Like if you look at like board apes versus punks, it's kind of a similar thing where like they took the initial, um, like I, I, not the exact same like distribution mechanism, but like sort of the structure of the entire collection of like, you have 10,000, profile picture nfts with like varying rarities um but like board apes is a very clear like fork of the of the ip like it doesn't build on top of um punk's ip and so like in some sense it sort of adds legitimacy to the original like by using that same format um but there's also sort of like projects where where you can build on top of the IP directly and um, extend it instead of like kind of just spinning up your own um, like Litecoin version of, of like the original of the original. Um, and so I'm, I'm really interested in like, how do you incentivize that versus versus forking? Cause like right now within the NFT space as a whole, like, the incentives are to kind of like fork, copy a distribution mechanism or like a format um, and create your own IP. Like if you look at the success of, of something like Board Apes, like that sort of like proves that like that they had has had or uh, they have had like exponentially more success doing that model um, than they than they could have like building on top of uh, like the Punk's IP, for example. And so I think that's one of the most interesting questions, like how do you create the incentives um, where like the upside for building on top of an existing IP or incorporating an existing IP is actually like higher than, than forking and, and like creating your own um, isolated um, IP. Uh, Mike, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on that. I mean, incentivizing no builders yeah, in this space. I mean, so there's no specific thoughts. My only, yeah, I try to bring it back to like the basics because I have a way of overthinking things and perseverating. And like, by the time, you know, I'm done, it's like I'm so far from where like the meat of the either the decision or the issue or, what we should be focused on is. And so I keep coming back to this idea that the NFT itself, the mechanics, the distribution, all of it is not the product. The product of whatever you're doing has to be community. 
And if you create a very big community of like-minded people, when I say like-minded, there doesn't have to be the same type of people, but like, you know, as you know, a big fish fan, like people who like fish, different types of people, but, you know, we've come together because we're like-minded and um, create a community. That's the product that you're trying to create. And if you're lucky, there are ways to monetize that community with the community. If you're not, hopefully there's ways to monetize the off of the community, which is not a great way to go these days. And uh, most of these projects, there will not be a way to monetize. Now, what's a community? You know, we have to, I live in New York City. A lot of my friends live in San Francisco, LA. We have to not think like the coast. Um, there are a lot of different micro communities. And right now there's only a few million people buying NFTs. Once that number is 100 million, there will be your people in the NFT world, no matter what that means, whatever you're into, however mainstream, however subculture, whatever subculture, there will be a community that happens to monetize and express itself through NFTs and identity. And so um, I think the problem with some of the influencer drops is they've really looked at the drop as the product and not the community. Some of the influencer drops that have focused on community, I think have done a great job. Um, it's hard to argue with what Gary's done. He's focused on that community for a hundred years, it seems. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with this, with this idea of community or community kind of what is within a community. And I mean, um, with, with respect to nouns, right. Organic groups can form. You can literally join the DAO to be part of the community. You can buy a noun that we've seen a bunch of sub DAOs and subgroups join around it. It's, it's CC zero. So anything you'd ever dream of doing, you know, you don't even have to ask. Um, but question, question for both of you, um, you know, when it comes to incentivizing people, I'm, I'm going to put it in the context of nouns, but you could kind of, you know, do it for, for any project, but especially kind of a CC0 project about incentivizing builders to build, you know, with and off nouns, right? Nouns is CC0. I think it's a pretty friendly place to builders, a giant treasury where, you know, we'll fund what you want to do with nouns. Uh, there, there are multiple ways to get funding, right? Like, it's almost like there's no excuses. And um, I'm wondering what you would see are, are, are kind of issues of, of community, you know, not growing or, or builders not feeling in, incentivized, you know, is it too early? Like, are we too early? Is there not enough people in this space? Like, you know, Laz, like you said, when we're a hundred million people, it, you know, it'll maybe grow more organically. You know, is it something like the art's fault? Well, you know, uh, loot may be CC zero, but I don't like loot, so I'm not going to build. Or, or is it something else, right? How do we grow the community and how do we incentivize builders within communities? 
I mean, I think, so Nouns is such a unique project. It has a real team who I don't know, like I don't know who 4156 is and like everyone involved, but like they've done such a good job of architecting a project that as you said, there's like no excuse. And when I say no excuse, like there's nothing getting in the way of the community. Now I do, if I were an investor, I could point out things I don't like about it, but like, who cares, right? Cause it's not like a financial investment for me. Like it's kind of non-dilutive. It's like diluting us every day. The founders get like, you know, protected from the, you know, the founder, you know, noun every 10th, but like, who cares, right? Like they're working so hard to get this thing done. And if they were to sell all of it, like it's going to hurt the project and they're not going to. So it nouns we trust, right? Um, if, if you want to go fast and you want to build something really fast, this is not the way to do it. Raise a hundred million dollars, hire the people you need, have a strong leader who says, fucking do that. Cause that's what I want. Like companies work because it's like focus resources with leaders who have a vision who get shit done. Right. If you want to build something together that is really powerful, let's talk in 10 years. And my bet is that what nouns has put together today will be one of the strongest communities in the world, not just in crypto, in the world, doing more good than most countries in the world. And it'll be one of the things you look back on, you're like, that was worth it. That was an important part of my life. I'm proud that I was part of it early on. Um, it's not, you're not going to see results every day every week, every month, every quarter. And if you did, we're probably doing something wrong. You know, go look at the proposals. It's like, this is a game of incrementalism. But looking back, it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that's very well said. Um, and even though you're not there on a day-to-day -day basis, it, you know, it feels like you do get it, right? Um, John, uh, I'm curious, you know, just to tie back to what you were saying about incentivizing builders, if you have any more, more thoughts on that, again, especially interested in a CC zero context where there really is no excuse, you may think, or, you know, one may think that, oh, well, there are like, I can point you to a hundred projects, but, um, I guess I would push back and say, why are there not a thousand projects? Yeah. Yeah. So I think like as far as incentives to build on top of nouns um, or like build integrating the nouns IP, um, you could sort of break it into two different pieces. And like one is like the funding slash financial incentive that comes directly from the nouns treasury, which I think like overall it's doing a great job of like it distributes ETH to builders very, very generously. Um, it, it's, it's kind of like clearly positive sum for the DAO to, to fund anything that is like at least pretty cool um, in terms of secondary projects. Um, and so that's like very favorable um, 
for any builders looking for funding. I think the one thing potentially missing on that side is like nouns denominated incentive where you're not just receiving ETH, but you're also receiving some sort of like upside in nouns directly um, in the form of like governance power or fractions of, of governance power. Um, and so Andy's recent like nouns floor token proposal, I'm really excited about. You can imagine something like the nouns treasury accumulating a certain amount of nouns, either either through like every ninth noun going to the treasury or like um, acquiring like a fixed amount of nouns and then fractionalizing those nouns and having um, like nouns floor tokens on the balance sheet that you can use to like fund builders in addition to ETH without having to like give away 100% of a noun NFT. Um and then the sort of other key incentive, um, which is which is like also financial but less direct, um, is the proliferation of the brand. And I think like nouns as a brand is still like very young um, and early, and um, like over the long run, it it will continue to compound, um, and there's gonna kind of be like more and more. Um, implicit incentive to build on top of it. Um, like, for example, right now, if you look at like the nouns glasses project, um, if you wanted to make your own like luxury brand from scratch, like my guess is it would be pretty hard to like sell the amount of glasses or, or handbags or whatever it be um, at the at the price that like the nouns glasses are going to go for, right? But like if you make the nouns glasses, which is kind of like a luxury good based on the nouns brand, um, you have this existing community of people who are like fans of the brand, collectors of the brand, um, are, are sort of highly likely to like want a pair of the glasses, um, um, as something like new that doesn't yet exist, um, with the brand. And then because it's CC zero as the creator of the glasses, like, you still keep 100% of the upside um, that you would, you would get from like creating and selling a, a luxury good. Um, and so that's just like one example where it's like you can apply the brand to physical merch um, and sort of have like this way to monetize physical merch with an existing audience without having to build your own brand. Um, but I think it could potentially apply to like all types of different projects. Um, and, and yeah, I guess like my hope is that that incentive will continue to like strengthen and compound, um, as more projects, um, get created and like the brand proliferates. Have you seen this in the, kind of the loot and the blip map ecosystem. I'm not as familiar myself personally. I'm just curious if you've seen this in practice. So I've definitely seen a, a little bit of it. Um, I think the the key constraints those projects have that like nouns doesn't is funding. Um, but I have seen a little bit in terms of like physical merch um, I think loot caters very well to like building third party projects on top of it, just cause like the original IP is so minimal, um, that, that 
like it, it sort of um, induces a lot of creativity um, on top of it. Um, and so like even just like visualizing the the text attributes as characters is like sort of like one immediately obvious um, way to use that original IP and like you can go even further and there's there's kind of like a, an ecosystem of, of games that are either being built on the original loot IP or um, were sort of like inspired um, off of like derivatives of the original uh, loot IP. Um, and so I, I think a lot of like the same properties um, apply, but the, the sort of difference is like, they don't have a treasury that is like very flexible and very willing to um, fund the creation of these things in like a, a, a pretty like straightforward model. Like if you want to build anything related to nouns, like is very obvious where you can go and, and get funding for it. Yeah, and uh, I pinned up uh, Hyperloot, uh, a project I found out about recently that uh, based off loot um, and is just really, really beautiful. Um, and and also, Laz reminds me of Punk's comic. I mean, not in its art, but in its like quality level, right? Like they are, they are both, you know, really like high art, you know, um, love pixel yeah. art, but we do see a ton of it in this space. And it is really refreshing when I look at, you know, whether it be Meta Hero or Punk's comic or even stuff like Hyperloot to just see like really like time intensive art. Yeah. I mean, what's cool about loot and nouns is there couldn't be more different in many ways. Like I think nouns nailed, like whoever made the final decision on the glasses, like fucking brilliant. Like, and I've heard who it was, I don't want to like take someone's thunder away, but like probably team effort. Um, that from a brand perspective, I think becomes, you know, it's not in the Super Bowl. It's not doing a lot of the stuff. It's obviously not making glasses, but um, loot started with no visual, um, you know, other than memes around the actual like, you know, NFTs. And then the community is building it. Um, so I think those are both projects which we'll talk about for a while and we'll look back and be like, oh, this was like the breakthrough there. Um, I don't think you can, if you just kind of fork loot and did loot, it's not going to work, AKA blue. So um, you got to add something else to create a community. Like loot captured the imagination of a very valuable community, which is hard, right? We all have ADD. We all see a ton of stuff. We don't get enamored by a lot of stuff. When it launched, we were like, oh shit. There's something going on here. Like that's what you want. And then you want it to unfold and people to build the community while they figure it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 not working off the merit of the thing itself. It's the idea, it's the kind it's of the story. It's yeah. all story. It's always the story. Like Without the story, you don't show up to a party and say, you got to check this thing out. Without the story, I don't get 10 like direct messages saying, this is blowing up. You really should like dig in. And, 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 it's, the, and it's the potential, but also invitation 
to build upon that story, not to bring it back to, you know, to a project that I, I, I worked on, but, um, but I find it relevant. The, the Lost Nouns itself, right, as we were working on this project, you know, if you go to the Lost Nouns website, you'll see that we had one of our teammates create custom art for this. And, you know, the whole thing with nouns is there's these 10 founders and who are they and everyone is mysterious and whatnot, right? But like, partly I want to know everything about it. But then also, I want to leave it a mystery forever because it's really fun. And we had fun with that idea. And we made up this story and made drawings about what the creation of nouns would have been like and you could see yourself oh well what if there was a, like a i could almost see a tv show about the creation of this startup idea called nouns and what were the 10 founders how did they come together you know what i mean and it's just yeah it's just like an invitation to come build upon an idea well that what you're talking about is exactly what jj abrams talks about with his mystery box ted talk which i just sent you on twitter um you know, the mystery about what's in that box is so much more powerful, infinitely more powerful than what is in the box when you open it. So what's in Capone's, um, you know, tomb, his cave that has all of his stuff, like the lead up will always be better than the actual reveal. That's the beauty of like a lot of stuff going on with crypto. And realizing that less is sometimes more is the key to projects that work. Yeah. Um, and, and so the other side of, of the community, right? And we've been talking about builders and, and building this out, right? And that's kind of, you know, the, the fuel for a project. I mean, on the other end, you do have the the creators, whether they're involved on a daily basis or not, or, or kind of like the leadership behind it. Um, I'm curious about to um, for you to talk a little bit about Pixel Vault and their you know endeavors, um, and I'm curious what you know other projects in the space could glean from both the leadership and execution that Pixel Vault's had. I mean, I think. Pixel Vault is, it was the first project that I was a part of where um, the founder, and when I say part of, like I didn't know G-Funk at this time, like I was just a collector, really believed in like delivering for the collectors. And it wasn't always about delivering financial upside. His project didn't sell out for two weeks. It didn't go anywhere for a while. Um, but there was a grind about like, we are going to deliver what we said we'd deliver. And then we would give you more and we would make you think we would make you make decisions. And it was fun, right? Do I burn the comic to get a founder's pass? Do I, you know, it was all based on what other people did and what basically what dingling is going to do. So you own so many of them. Um, and so it became like this fun game where he was, making our lives better. Like it was fun. We'd talk, we'd debate this stuff. Well, like if 4,000 people burn, then it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be accretive if you kind of do that and that. Um, and I think 
understanding what your specific community gets them going is so key. Like it's not playing CSGO. If you want CSGO, like immersive experience, team-based first person shooter game, like that exists. This is kind of light touch, kind of finance, kind of story, community. And I, every Twitter spaces, I felt G-Funk was talking to me and everyone else. Um, and it's, you know, it's hard. Like very few people are going to pull off what, um, you know, Nouns did or any of these projects, like the top projects. It's just, it takes kind of a vision, execution, the ability to hire, fire, like get people on your side, build consensus, man. Like, you know how many times G-Funk has been just chewed out in the founder's DAO or on the you know, Wednesday calls, like every week, basically. Um, and you got to build when it's darkest. And he's had some very dark times. I'm not just talking about ownership structure, just like, you know, I own some special editions because the contract, there was an issue with it and he, he made good out of his own pocket. Right. And so very few people have that, like, you know, ability to play the long game and to stick with stuff when like their tokens that are underwater, the community hates you, nothing's going your way, which was basically the first five months of like G Funk's life. Come out the other side People respect you. You have some resources, um, but none of these projects are a done deal. You gotta like, I I can name many many big companies, many many big projects of the past which are no longer in existence. We used to all have Blackberries. We used to all, um, you know, use Nokia phones. You know, Time Warner as a company existed. Bear Stearns existed take nothing for granted. And that's why I love what the nouns have done is they built it to survive. As long as a community is there, it will do important work. Yeah. And I mean, yes, he's a creator, but I mean, the way you were describing everything, he's a builder, right? Like he, it's, it's he's a builder. Yeah. I mean, in his own right, he just happens to be, you know, kind of behind the wheel as well. Um, but Chris, I mean, look, like Chris Wall doesn't join unless G-Funk can sell him a vision. And if I'm Chris Wall, is like as good as they get in terms of comic talent. You look back and you're like, man, oh man, what did you see in this guy to get you to lend your talents to him when he had nothing, right? And so... Hiring and building a team, whether it's a company or a project, there's nothing more important. So why am I part of Proof Collective? Why am I going to try to get as many Moonbirds as I can? I've seen Kevin build every, everything he's built for the last 20 years. Like, it's just a no-brainer. He knows yeah. how to work with engineers. He knows how to, you know, fix bugs. He knows how to get projects financed. He knows... He has distribution. Like, 
same with Alexis Ohaney and the same with like name the web 2.0 entrepreneurs that we, that I worked with back then. It's the same skill sets, just different tools. Yeah. Those, uh, those poor moonbirds are causing so much people grief, so much FOMO on the timeline. Um, but including me, I'm like, I'm going to ape in and get like, uh, I thought you, you had know. a, but, but you have I a do. past, so, right? Yeah. Well, you remember, but you know, like is enough ever enough in this world? <laughs> but two, two free mints is not enough. I need 20. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't going to free. I was going to like the way it was set up before. I'm like, whatever, I'll pay the gas like two, two and a half ETH. I'll get 10. Yeah. If yeah. I could pay another like two and a half in gas for each one, whatever. I believe that in five years, they'll be, you know, worth a lot. Oh, totally. I just meant like, I thought you said you were, you're a proof holder. So you get two to begin with. I don't remember. Yeah. Either way. Um, kind of, kind of piggybacking off of that. Um, something I found, you know, interesting, uh, kind of two points on this is kind of digital meets physical, right? So I just pinned up you know, there, there are, there's the physical punks comic, right? Uh, which looks great. Um, I'm curious about, you know, why was a physical product kind of important and how do we think about moving into the real world, quote unquote, uh, you know, kind of from this space also off of that, what is, what was the announcement of the, uh, WAGMI United, right? I was wondering if you could yeah. touch on, on those two very IRL, off-chain, if you will, sort of experiences coming yeah, I from mean, an on-chain company. I think G-Funk and most of the builders believe in, you know, the real world. Like, we love Metaverse, but like, you know, we spend 99.999% of our time, um, you know, doing what we do in the real world. I got three kids, three dogs, you know, Cass and I like live. And so um, for some things, physical matters. Like, do I think the comics that I got mattered? No, but it's a nice thing. Um, I think it makes the project tangible. It's a conversation starter. You know, I, have I had five? I kind of sold one to a friend for nothing, just said I wanted it in his collection. Um, but like when people come over, they'll be like, Oh, what's this? Oh, this well, don't open it, but it's you know, Punk's Comic Number One Special Edition, right? And like people put it in their office, they'll hang it on the wall, they'll whatever, hopefully give it to their kids or grandkids. Um, so it's not necessary, but like I would say a good 70% of what I do on a daily basis. And definitely 100% of what I like doing is not necessary. Like the best things in life are just fun. Like how do you go to 200 fish shows? Like you just prioritize having fun and I like having fun. Um, so a lot of this is just like, let's just do shit because it's fun. Like it's cool. And uh, if other people think it's fun, great. If people think it's stupid, whatever. But I think you build the business that you want. And I think that's what, like, what G-Funk is doing, just building, like, the project he wants at the end of the day. 
Um, and luckily he's in tune with his community and it's kind of in line. Yeah. And again, really excited about the football club. It just seems like a really cool uh, endeavor. I mean, I think that was opportunistic. I think their ties that go way back to the project. Um, it's, you know, if you look at what, your Preston's history, you know, very close to the project, to, you know, Pixel Vault. Um, and it's cool. And he's not the only, if you look at, you know, there's some other ownership groups that are trying to innovate. So whether it's buying a football club and funding it with, you know, the television rights and doing a documentary on the process or, doing it with NFTs with the community. I have a project which, you know, I haven't announced, but like it's going to be a, you know, my first one that I'm like really involved as a founder that is going to be something that I want in the music space and in IRL. I'm a, you know, investor, longtime investor in, you know, the music business and the festival business. Um, and, you know, if anyone's been to Bonnaroo, it's been around for 20 years, but it's evolved based on what the community wanted, right? So, like, that's a festival that started as a jam band festival. This year, if you come, please join me. Um, you know, after midnight, it turns into a club with, like, EDM, there's country, there's, you know, J. Cole and hip-hop. So it's so far from where it started because the community pushed it. What if you can kind of, produce a hundred thousand person epic festival and it's a hundred percent controlled by the community like is it going to be a big business i don't know but would it be fun yeah fuck yeah let's do it so it's like you know those are the projects that i want to be involved with like is it worth doing it for because of the financial outcome or because it's just it's fun yes okay let's go yeah. And I mean, I think you, you can really boil it down to have fun and try stuff, right? We, yeah. we, we get to have fun in this space, right? And as far as one can, you know, financially, you know, afford to kind of play in this space, you should be spending your time having fun and trying stuff that like is you know, wholly and uniquely kind of coming from like, not to be too cheesy, but love or passion and just, you know, things you really want to see because that's how you'll find other super fans in the space. And we all have fun making money. Of course. Like losing money. <laughs> and we like making money with our people. Yeah. So the best part about being an investor is when there's an IPO or an exit, like the pride that we have with our founders and with the teams, not even the founders, like we often know the whole teams. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's awesome. Like I get to like make money with great people. Um, and I think we've created a lot of issues in the world with the last kind of phase of the technology revolution centered on social media. Let's kind of do some stuff that maybe is less destructive in the world. Yeah. Um, I love that. And my, my last question, um, is for John and 
I went in and, and pinned up uh, this tweet that's been brought up several times to me before, um, talking about this this framework for different types of projects, extensions, derivatives, if you will. Um, and it's called, you know, fireworks versus castles and fireworks being celebratory, fun or fleeting. And castles are, uh, you know, kind of built with conviction. I'm wondering if you could give us an overview and, and kind of compare the two for us. Yeah, so this is like a really useful framework um, by Tim Shell, and the yeah the way I think about it is like as two different buckets for like derivatives or extensions, usually um, off of like a CC zero project. But I mean, there's also been tons of like punk derivatives um, where fireworks are like kind of like simple derivatives like we take all of the punks and make them into um gan punks or or something like that um where in my view like they're definitely positive sum for the original collection they can be a lot of fun um in sort of like historically they've struggled to develop their own communities because they're um they're sort of like re-flavoring, re-baking um, this original IP without adding like a whole lot else. Um, and, and so they can be difficult to, to have like a lot of people get excited about it and form a community. Um, whereas like castles on the other side are kind of like fully fledged projects um, with their own vision that are either um, built incorporating a, a sort of like original IP or are built like directly on top of that um, original IP. And one, one of the reasons I think it's a really interesting question is because like no one solved um, how to, how to structure the incentives and how to kind of have value flow back to the original NFT. Um, so like on the fireworks side, it, it's just like, it, it's sort of, there's like a clear relationship of value flow. It's like if GAN punks were to become like extremely popular, um, and like a coveted collection, like that's, that's pretty clearly beneficial to the original punks collection. Um, but it, it's just like the case that they haven't created like a, a tremendous amount of value and interest yet. Um, and then on the on the castle side, like we've seen some projects kind of go like start as derivatives and, and go completely away um, from the original IP as they like build the castle. Um, like one example would be Treasure Dow off of Loot, which has like turned into like this really fascinating um, community that's building out kind of um, different financial games and like it all started off a a loot derivative um but now it's kind of like completely detached um from loot and the i guess like the overall question is how do you kind of get that like perfect middle ground where um you're getting projects on top that are like truly new and like add something to the story um and and 
like have the potential to become castles while still kind of like driving some value accrual back to the original like is it possible to do you know what are the right like mechanisms to get those like incentives in place um is is something that's like broadly like a very interesting question yeah and yeah i mean i i I definitely think uh we need both and i know it's something that has been talked about a lot um but like we said i think you know experimenting and and playing is is kind of best for now as as these communities develop and deepen and 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 strengthen you know so will the projects that come out of you know this ever-evolving you know communities um but uh thank you thank you to to both of you guys we're we're wrapping up here at an hour and a half so i want to be conscious of your time um this was a great conversation went in a bunch of different directions and uh i think it was informative and a ton of fun deal thank you and uh go nouns let's uh go now <laughs> um so uh if there's anything um you'd like to to highlight or just kind of tell people where we can find you obviously twitter's right here but anything else you want to highlight kind of that you're working on etc that we should keep an eye out for i'm good twitter's where to find me and uh those interested in the music festival business definitely check out super fest super three yeah okay. it's gonna just starting but uh and i haven't announced my involvement but it um it's gonna be fun but so it's out there Twitter. information about it yeah they put out some of the founders past stuff last okay. night um, okay great and uh the festival itself is being run like you know if you do a huge festival, you need to be great. And so the team from Superfly is my partner. They basically invented the festival space with Bonnaroo and Outside Lands and San Francisco. And they know how to get tens of thousands of people in and out safely and throw a great party. So that's what we needed. Will, uh, will Fish be there? And whatever the community votes on. I'm not probably. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And the Founders Pass is going to include the first three festivals. And it's going to cost less than the uh, a VIP at Bonnaroo today. So it's going to be very low price mint. And we want to throw a huge party with tons of people who want to have fun with us. So, Wow. That's exciting. Where it is, who plays, all that stuff is going to be up to the community. So. We want good people who have vision to join. Awesome. We'll have you back after the first uh, the first one to, <laughs> to, to debrief the whole thing. It'll be fun. Hopefully people like it. If not, whatever. We'll show up with four people. <laughs> Great. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. All righty. Talk soon, guys. Thanks.